guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This week, we are sponsored by Live Coco, a small UK-based business who are constantly releasing easy eco swaps. They recently sent us their recyclable brush heads, which you just attach to your already existing electric toothbrush. They operate their own closed-loop recycling system, so customers send their used brush heads back to them, and they get recycled for them. I think that's so cool. So they send you new toothbrushes, you send your old ones back to them, and you can guarantee that it's a sustainable method and that you're always going to be using like a recyclable toothbrush head, which is so cool. Absolutely. We are always looking for ways to make sure we are living a more eco-friendly lifestyle. And they also do little kids' heads as well, which is super cute. So you can use them for your entire family. They are also sold in Holland and Barrett, as well as 200 eco shops and dentists in the UK and Europe. If you would like a discount, you can head to their website, livecoco.com and use code FORK20 for 20% off. That's F-O-R-K-20 for 20% off your order. This is a limited time offer, so the discount will only be accessible until the 17th of April at midnight. So make sure you go and order your recyclable brush heads soon. You won't regret it. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. We are here with a returning guest, Katie, Mindset Coach. How are you, Katie? I'm very well, thank you, and thank you for having me back. How are you? Uh we are good. We are so excited. Um, your first episode actually went down so well because I will stand by the fact that you are one of the most positive people in my life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're super excited to have you back to record because you, I think we were saying before we jumped on, you've changed a lot personally. You've obviously progressed career-wise as well to a degree, which we can talk about. And Barry, I think we've changed a little bit since the last time we spoke to Katie as well. I think like physically you've really changed. Um <laughs> You're growing. Talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Sophie, you are pregnant. That is, like, so much change happening in your life. Um, I've changed a bit. I don't think, like, too much. Um, Decided your post-lockdown identity yet. (laughs) Thank you so much for inquiring. I feel like that's so sweet that someone's listening. It's my concerns. Um, I've started with these glasses and the... Thank you so much for everyone who can't say you can follow me. I'm Barry the Dietitian and check out my new glasses. Um, and yeah, the the post-lockdown um, vibe is an evolving thing. But um, yeah, we'll get back to you. <laughs> and so last time we spoke, it was all about staying positive in lockdown. So I guess the million dollar question is, have you stayed positive in this year long pandemic? Overall, yes. Um, Obviously, with the caveat that I don't think anybody has stayed positive every single day during the lockdown, but I think it's unrealistic to assume even if we weren't in lockdown, we would have stayed positive the whole time anyway. So I would say on a whole, um, I've I've had a pretty 
successful 12 months kind of personal wise like I've had lots of big things happen to me I've really used this as an opportunity to build a business that I'd always wanted to build to actually slow down the pace of my life and those were things I always felt like I was kind of fighting against um so this this time has actually really given me a good opportunity to to incorporate some of the things in my life that I never had time to incorporate in before um obviously I've had bad days and sad things have happened like for example my sister had a baby nine months ago and I've only ever seen him once literally the day she came out of hospital Mm -hmm. um so things like that there are obviously there is obviously a lot of sadness there's obviously a lot of uncertainty but I think as soon as we went into the pandemic and Sophie and I did a live last week and we were talking about this I went in with the mindset of this is happening these things are out of our control I can either sit here and dwell on it and get myself worked up about all the things I can't do or I can actually really really use this time to try and see the opportunity see the good see the things that I can do from it that I can't can't do before um, and really try and use that time to actually to thrive and to actually really come out of it feeling like I've achieved something and it's so funny mm-hmm. thinking back when we did this podcast like however many months ago 10 months ago yeah thinking actually how much of a transition I've made since then and I I honestly don't think I would have been in the position I am now or have gone through that mindset shift and gone through the building a business um, and just being a bit kinder to myself if it wasn't for going in lockdown Mm -hmm. Um, so although obviously haven't been positive every day and it would be unrealistic to say that any of us have been I would say on the whole I really have found the positives over the last 12 months. Mm, that's such a good point that you said I was the same in the sense that I at the beginning of the pandemic I was like my life is being pushed back by a year and I can't do anything about it and I just had it in my head I was like I'm wasting a year of my life and then I was like actually freaking do something with it then don't feel that it's wasted just do something that you wouldn't have necessarily done already um so yeah I love that you said that but I'd love to talk about as well the work that you're now doing as a mindset coach um in terms of you know what what is that what does that entail how are you helping people because like I said you are literally you know most of the time a very positive person and if I was going to go to anyone to help lift me up and you know help to achieve my goals it would be you no oh, thank you um yeah amazing so um I kind of call myself a mindset and success coach and it's something that I've been interested in for years um and I've always had a bit of a niggle so um as a background I've been at a, a corporate company for almost nine years now which is scary um but I've always probably been the positive one and I've always been very social and I've always loved helping people and I've always been the one that kind of puts my hand up for doing talks at work and kind of doing extracurricular things so I think I'd always had a bit of a niggle that I wanted to to do something else and I wanted to help people more than I do working at a firm where there's 15,000 of us so I really kind of thought at the start of lockdown I was like right I've always wanted to do coaching I'm going to sign myself up for a course no time like the present like if I'm going to do it now's the time to do it um and that journey has kind of evolved as I've been working with clients and I found out a lot about myself going on that journey as well so the way that I work with my clients is predominantly working with women um, and I really help them to level up their mindset, really get clear on exactly what they want in life and actually how are they going to get there. So really the fundamental things we work through are 
the mindset beliefs. So what are the blocks that are holding them back in doing the things they want to do? So whether it's changing jobs, whether it's going for that promotion, whether it's moving abroad, setting up that business, or really just living a happier, healthy life where they feel at peace with themselves and they're living on purpose. So really working through things like fears, comparison, perfectionism, self-doubt, overwhelm, confidence, to really give people the power to confidently go after the things that they want in life um, without all of the the comparison and the self-doubt and that niggly voice in the back of our head that I think keeps so many of us stuck. Um, And it's something that I've worked really hard on over the last, I'd say it's probably the last four or five years now, kind of working on self-development and working on my mindset. and it works like there's so much power in having that strong resilient mindset so yeah the way that I work with my clients now is to 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 not give them the answers but it's really to help them to come to those answers to themselves so to realize that everything that they need is within them already it's just hiding behind this voice that's telling them that they're not good enough or they're not going to be able to set up their job they're not going to be successful if they go for that promotion etc well I'm sold that was like the greatest <laughs> itch of that was like when you fit me in yeah like <laughs> well, are you speaking to me like that was a great pitch um but I could totally see the benefit of it especially these days where like especially in lockdown where things have kind of slowed down and you've had that more more time to think about like reevaluate what you're doing and more time to think about is this what I want to be doing is this giving me job satisfaction is this making me happy I feel like lockdown put things into perspective for so many people and so many people probably had that light bulb moment of like I don't like what I'm doing but I haven't had the opportunity to slow down and realize I didn't like it because I was always on the go completely agree and I think as well like I my office is in Canary Wharf and I didn't realize how much of my job satisfaction came from being in Canary Wharf and being able to meet someone to go for lunch or go to the gym on my lunch break or being in a nice office and living that kind of busy buzzy city job and when all of that's completely stripped away and you're working at home without your team and without all of the frills of being in a nice office in a nice part of London you suddenly are left with your job. And it's very different to the job that I was doing before, despite the fact that the stuff I'm doing on a day-to-day basis hasn't changed at all. Um, So yeah, I think so many people have come to that realization this year. And I have seen so many of not only my clients, but friends and family have really, really used this opportunity to really reassess their life. What's their priorities? What, what do they actually want out of a career? What's important to them? And I really do believe that like coming out of the pandemic, there will be a big shift in people who are set, setting up their own business. Their side hustle is now turning into a full-time career or they're thinking, is this job actually what I want? And especially because I don't know if, I mean, nobody knows if life and careers and jobs will ever go back to the way they were before. Like we're kind of saying, go into the office maybe once or twice a week. Whereas before, you were lucky if you got to work from home once or twice a week. So there is really going to be that shift in the way that companies work. And and I know some big companies are saying now they're going to move to fully remote working, which is obviously a massive cultural shift. So, yeah, I really think this year has really put everything into perspective for a lot of people Mm -hmm. in terms of what their priorities are and what they want out of life and what they want out of a career. A hundred percent. And I think as well, looking like you said, when you strip it all back and see what you're left with in life, actually kind of thinking okay maybe you've been laid off work for a little bit or you know you've got even more time on your hands 
what is my purpose in life you know what am I getting you know how connected to I to am I to my friends and family and in all honesty like I probably had a baby sooner sooner than I would have expected myself to because I realized that at the beginning of the pandemic all I wanted was my wedding and then once that moment had passed I was like actually a baby's more important and I'm just gonna go for it so I think yeah like you said we've all had so much time to I think it's a good I hope it's a good thing for a lot of people I know a lot of people have just had to cope and it hasn't been I mean it hasn't been the best year for any of us but I don't want anyone listening to this to feel guilty if they haven't made the most out of this year if that makes sense Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. And I think for everyone, some people it's just the bare minimum surviving. This yeah. Year. And obviously, <laughs> like, I'm in a very different position to even thinking about my boss that I work with. She was homeschooling two young kids. She mm. had her ex husband living in her house with her. She was in a, ve- a much more difficult position than I was. Me working from home, I've got my second screen, I've got Lola, I've got. I've got a good environment to work in whereas of course everyone's some people were just in survival mode of Mm. I just need to get through the next 12 months and I think that's actually one of the main things that I've learned in the last 12 months and actually probably was the biggest thing that was holding me back was comparing where I am on my journey and comparing my progress and my reality to other people Mm. and I think you know where I was saying like with my clients I really work through kind of all those limiting beliefs and fears Mm. I think for me the thing was comparison it was constantly I didn't want to set up that business because I looked at all of my friends like you two and so many of my friends who were successful entrepreneurs and running really really incredible businesses and were experts in their field and I thought I'm never going to be at that stage I'm I'm the girl who works in the corporate job I've been there for nine years this is what I do I'm not going to be able to work for myself the market's already saturated they're already five years ahead of me so I'm never going to be able to get my foot in the door and I've worked so hard on that voice of comparison and I think especially with social media it's so difficult to not be comparing yourself to other people and it's a it's a challenge that I think so many of us face thinking oh they've done that or they've really thrived in this pandemic or they've been able to do that or they're seeing things in this way or they've achieved this and almost beating yourself up about the fact that maybe you haven't achieved those things maybe you've just survived the last 12 months and that is that's an achievement in itself a hundred percent and I think someone is always going to be looking at someone else you're going to have someone looking at you, you know, I look at you in awe, honestly, I'm like, you know, and there's traits that you have that I wish I did. And it's just so funny that you've just said, you know, I look at you and you've got your own business and you've done this, that and the other. And again, like we just, we never flip it so that we think, oh, actually some, you know, I actually have this and these people don't have that. Um, So just to be grateful for what you have as a person, whether that be, you know, the materialistic stuff or the or the you know mental side of things um yeah and just be grateful for where you're at and keep working on yourself until you feel happy with yourself but don't use someone else as that goalpost. yeah Yeah. something just so timely I just had like a performance review at work and one of the things that we were talking about is is kind of that like not necessarily the comparison thing but like you can't be good at everything Mm. and like you are going to be significantly better at xyz than anyone else and to being really just to learn how to like harness what you're good at 
And it might like when you're comparing yourself to others, oh, my God, this person's doing that. And they're so amazing. Like it just might not be what you are good at, but you are good at something and you are so unique. And there's something that you can do that no one else can do. And it's finding what that is and just channeling that into everything that you do. So your outcomes might look super different. And that's not saying that, oh, this person's better than me in this. Well, just you need to find your unique value. Yeah, exactly. There's a book called The Big Leap and it really goes into that in detail. And it's all about like working in your zone of genius. So what can you do that other people can't do? And how can you really embody being that person and showing up in that way rather than thinking, oh, that person's good at that. So I need to try super hard to be good at that. Like even thinking in the context of exercise, like some people are amazing runners I'm not made no, I'm never gonna think any of us are <laughs> <laughs> I do like sometimes I go for like a 2k run and I'll be like oh that's enough and for other people they can go out and do 20 miles without thinking about it whereas I, mean, I can't even do 2k so <laughs> I don't even know what 2k I mean is, I definitely so. struggle <laughs> but then like we do different types of exercise like somebody who might be particularly strong in the gym might not be somebody who can run might not be somebody who's got that like the strength to do the brutal GS method. I was going to say, Ash is in such way. good shape, and I really feel that if he did GS method with me, he'd like die. So, oh, like, I've <laughs> seen guys do it before who lift like ridiculous weights in the yeah. gym, and they do that, which is body weight and like little mini pulses, and they're quivering away. <laughs> and it, we always like, used to say we wanted to bring our boyfriends to Studio Agree because oh, like they gosh. would just not cope. I know oh my gosh trying to explain Legree to people like that level of pain I'm like you don't understand there's nothing like it (laughs) even if you watch it you still don't understand it you have to just get on and feel it (laughs) exactly that's so funny but yeah I completely agree it's it's you know comparison really is the thief of joy and to be able to just really like reflect within yourself and be like I don't want to be like that person I don't want their life because also you don't know what's going on behind closed doors and you know you want your life and you need to figure out what that well, you've got your life you're never yeah. gonna have someone else's life so you exactly you better accept it <laughs> yeah exactly you spend the whole it. life at war with yourself trying to become this other person and you never will yeah <laughs> they're them and you're you and you're unique in your own ways it's just about yeah really like embracing and harnessing that and using that to thrive I love that yeah for sure So what was kind of like a breakthrough moment for you in recognizing that like, because basically you're helping people do exactly what you did. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) So what did you have kind of a breakthrough moment or was it kind of just like these small habits that you were doing over time that kind of helped you to be where you are? I would definitely say it's a combination of both. I would say in terms of those habits, I've been invested in personal development and positivity and looking after myself and like understanding myself, what makes me feel good, what sets me up for a good day. Like I've been very into habits and mindset for for years. And I think I've just gradually built over time. I think that's another thing with the comparison. Like you can't compare yourself now to where I can't compare me now to where I was when I started all of this stuff five years ago. I'm a completely different person. Yet I'm the same person. Um, so I think like I, that had definitely been built up over time. But I mean, like I said, I definitely had that massive niggle in the back of my head, which stopped me from doing so many things. And I think it was it was the whole I'm in a nine to five job. This is what I do. I didn't really see any way out. I felt a bit stuck. It was fine. I didn't. Well, I'm still there now. I don't hate it. 
um but thinking that's just what I do like because I've been in this job for so long I'm just always going to be the corporate girl I didn't trust myself enough to to actually think maybe I could be my my own boss maybe I could do this I just looked up to everyone else was who was doing it and thought oh my god that it's incredible that they can do all those things and they can manage their own days and they can take charge of what they do and what they don't do and I really looked up to those people but never ever thought that would be something that would be available to me um so I guess that was probably my my breakthrough moment in terms of it wasn't really a moment where I just thought you know what I'm amazing I'm going to make this a success I I just threw myself in at the deep end and I signed up for a course and I think a big part of it was making that financial commitment so doing a a coaching course and probably doing well any course if you compare it to doing Mm. a degree like you are investing time money energy into something and I think that was the switching point in my mind where I was like I'm doing this and I think as soon as you put money time and energy down Mm. your mindset automatically changes into like this is real and I'm actually Mm -hmm. doing something and I think I went from the last few years constantly like listening to every motivational podcast reading every book about self-development and building good habits and how to stay positive and reading every blog and kind of absorbing so much free content and almost being over over absorbing it and actually learning too much to actually getting to the stage where I was like I need to make a serious investment to to prove to myself that I am serious about making this happen and for me it was signing up for that course and actually putting that amount of money down and putting that time aside every week it was about six hours every week and really like committing my energy in getting that qualification that for me was the mindset shift that I needed to give me a bit of a kick up the backside and to to make me realize that like why why can I not do this of course I can do this um and really like shush that voice in the back of my head that always said you'll never be a coach or you'll never work for yourself and actually be like well I'm doing it like I'm actually investing in myself and making it happen I am such a strong believer that the small parts of your day are what can make up your overall well-being. Like genuinely, my walks every day keep me in a good headspace. Just journaling, even if it's just for five minutes, I find so beneficial. And just, you know, feeding myself nourishing foods and talking to people, making sure I've checked in with my family. All these tiny things that I didn't realise were so essential to not only my well-being, but just like my life in general, my purpose. Um I think if if someone's listening who is maybe a little bit down, you know, they've still got a job, but you know, we're coming out of the pandemic now and they may be feeling like they, they didn't make the best use of best use of the last year. Are there anything any tips you'd give in regards to what you can add into your day to make you feel a little bit more uplifted? Yeah, of course. So I think some of the things you said are the exact same things Mm. that work for me. Um, And Sophie, I know we were talking about this last week, like what works for one person might not be the same for someone else. Like some people love to talk about the things that they're going through. Other people prefer to journal it and write it out. Mm. Um, So I think it's a lot of it is just experimenting what works for you. Um, But things that I love doing is I love going for a walk and listening to a podcast taking little Lola out for a walk as well um I love voice noting people voice noting for me I really feel feel like gives me so much energy and makes me feel I know what you mean it's like having a chat isn't it because you're physically speaking you're not just typing this is so British I've never voice noted 
any of my American friends, nor have received an American I was say, voice note. <laughs> You're the only person I do that way. Oh, or like the girls at work. Like literally a voice note. I can't explain it. I just like have never even like heard the concept before, before moving here. And I remember one time I voice noted one of my friends back in America and I was like, I really just need to like, it's easier this way. And they were like, oh my God, that was so weird. Why'd you do that? <laughs> We came to your voice noted like 10 times already today. Yeah, I voice note, and I feel like I've actually had a proper conversation with someone when I am voice noting. So I'll often go on a walk and either listen to a podcast or voice note people. Um, some of the other things that I say really cheer me up are exercise, but not forcing myself to exercise in a certain way. And I know before I was, I was horrible to myself. I would force myself to get up at 6am in the morning, drag myself to the gym. Yeah do a class that I didn't enjoy, force myself to be in there for an hour when that didn't make me feel good. I just felt like I'd beaten my body up and I was hobbling out by the end of it. Um, So actually really like listening to what my body needs in terms of movement. Like, is it a walk? Is it bar? Is it do a little bit of something more strength related? Is it do something a bit more cardio-y? And actually deciding that on the day rather than having every minute of my life Mm. scheduled in of I'm doing this at this time. And and I think there's a fine line between trying to stay motivated and scheduling in your diary and committing to going to a class or committing to doing something with someone. But I would say one of the the exercise for me is something that I do in the first thing in the morning, it sets me up for a good day. And actually being much more in tune with my body in terms of how do I actually feel, what's going to make me feel good, rather than forcing myself to do something that doesn't, has been a huge shift in how I feel the whole day. Because sometimes you wake up and you're exhausted and the last thing you want to do is do a HIIT workout, whereas previously I would have forced myself to do that and been absolutely exhausted for the rest of the day. Or if I'm feeling a bit stressed out, as Georgie always talks about, like your cortisol levels are already high and then you go and kill yourself in a high intensity workout and then your cortisol levels go even higher and or or caffeine again is another thing which I'm sure Mm. you know about sorry Barry I still love my coffee um but like (laughs) I think it's just knowing for you um like what sets you up for a good day and so much of that comes down to experimenting so for me it's some sort of movement whether it's a walk or exercise I like to sit down in the morning and like plan my day and as part of that I do three things that I'm grateful for I give myself like what's my commitment for today so am I gonna let go of comparing myself to others am I gonna do one thing that I'm scared of am I gonna eat foods that I know are gonna make me feel good am I gonna promise myself I'm gonna get out for that walk at lunch every day I'll kind of have a different commitment to myself Um, and then I, I plan my day and also when I'm planning my day and similarly in the way that when I set my goals everything is just kinder now I think that's mm-hmm. the way to put it like whereas before starting the year or every quarter when I'd plan my goals everything would be like business related or how many workouts I can get in a week or how long I can run for or everything would be being nasty to myself and trying to like do more and be more and keep constantly pushing myself whereas now I've got a bit of that but I've also got a bit of what am I going to do today that's actually just kind for me and that Mm. makes me feel good and that forces me to take things at a slower pace and forces me to rest and knowing that like it's okay to say no to some things and we're not robots every day isn't going to be the same in terms of the way you move the way you eat your productivity levels Mm. And actually linking to that, for me, a big thing, I guess it's not on a daily basis, is but it's being a bit more in tune with my cycle as well. Because I 
have awful the week before I come on my period I'm I'm awful I have no energy I just feel all over the place I can never concentrate my productive productivity levels are completely down like I just never feel my best to say the least and I felt like I was constantly fighting myself to force myself to be happy Katie and to force myself to be productive Katie and to force myself to exercise the way I always do and do all the things that I normally do whereas I didn't none of those things in that week actually made me feel good so actually it's about I now have that week I I call it my wind down week so I know in that week like I don't plan any big meetings I don't plan to smash all of my goals I don't tell myself that I'm going to run three days in the week like I I just really take the foot off the pedal a bit in that week and I'm just a bit kinder to myself and I don't I don't overcommit or I don't over expect of myself I I am so yeah I'm so glad you touched on that that's something that I've recently done as well like I use an app to track my cycle and I've been like more more in tune with like syncing it up in terms of like my energy levels and my workouts like a hundred percent and even just like energy to work like I'm not like getting so hard on myself if I don't feel as productive because I'm like oh my god I'm in my luteinizing phase like I'm I'm turning inwards and like I know we did a whole podcast episode on like your cycle and stuff but like it's really had an impact on me this year um yeah I find that like so interesting and yeah sometimes I'm like oh my god I'm ovulating next week I'm gonna like try a new workout or I'm gonna you know book in this presentation to give because I'm gonna be at my best and it does go back to just like what you were saying before like just finding things like harnessing the things that are gonna like make you feel the best yeah and I think sorry I was gonna say sorry you go pandemic I was on autopilot. I think we all were. We were yeah. living 100 miles an hour. You and just we, live I, out of habit almost. I, I like. I, I never noticed that that week every month I didn't really have any energy and I just felt a bit like, like you said, a bit like you just want to keep yourself to yourself. You mm. feel a bit more introverted. Because I was living on this crazy schedule of getting up at a silly time and having all these things booked in and forcing myself to do it I was so out of tune with my body and it's actually only since we went into lockdown and we've actually slowed down a little bit I think I've really like I've, I start I track my cycles as well um I've only actually started to realize that like that is real and mm. it has a I'm reading this book at the moment um it's called in the flow and it's so interesting it's about how you can actually use the certain weeks of your month to actually really thrive and I think mm. we always think of it I love how we've gone off on a period chat no this is like my <laughs> new favorite topic I gave a company-wide presentation to all the people which is like I work in tech so like there's a lot of ma- men in the company and um I gave a whole presentation on to like how to use your cycle to like biohack your life and I was like every man needs to come to this because you are going to manage or be managed by a woman at some point Mm -hmm. and you need to understand only three showed up and I think as women we always go oh we've got this one week or these two weeks a month where we feel really tired and it's really crappy and like oh we're going to be in pain but actually this book is so interesting because it's actually like it's your superpower and like we've got this thing that men don't and we can actually really use that cycle to really thrive in those times by actually understanding our hormones more so yeah that's definitely something that um like I want to learn more about maybe you'll have to do your presentation to us (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm going to send it to you. And just like to go off that for one point, the parts in our cycle where we feel the most erratic, which like we always talk about this in my team because I have a female team, are the times that our testosterone spike. Like the times that like we get like, you know, people's like, oh my God, are you on your period? Because you're being a bit bitchy. Like that like stereotypical thing that I hate more than anything. Um, It's when our testosterone spikes. So like, no, we're fine. We're just being more like the men I just feel like sorry on the topic of hormones just really quickly I was basically talking about the weeks after you give birth and how like you're not in your body you're not in your right headspace it's going to be tough kind of thing my dad popped up and was like well as long as you can keep your hormones in check you'll be okay and me and my mum both looked at each other and was like is he freaking serious (laughs) we are not in control of this people (laughs) oh gosh if only we were (laughs) I know but anyway uh side side note that but um yeah just going back to what you were saying before I think to have the intention of making whatever you're doing make you feel good is a good way to live and like you said it might not be the five hit workouts a week that you might feel like they should make you feel good but if they are not making you feel good they're probably not working for you yeah I completely agree and like I you know my history with exercise <laughs> like I genuinely feel like in the last few months I've really just like tuned into what my body needs and as much as I thought it was five hit workouts a week and coming out sweaty and panting that really didn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think again, a lot of that was fueled by who I was in the past and fueled by social media mm-hmm. and thinking that's what I should be doing and that's what health looks like. Yeah, and I exactly. feel like we are in a really positive shift through social media and through society at the moment in terms of like just being a bit kinder to yourself. And yeah, of course, we all have goals in mind of things we want to achieve in business and things we want to achieve in life and milestones that we want to hit and the way we want to feel or the way we want to look but actually just be kind to yourself yeah it's 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 life-changing right yeah to just allow yourself to be I honestly remember when I before the pandemic I used to go to the gym and I had to be there for an hour because otherwise I feel like I hadn't done anything like I had to be a full hour and I'd walk out and be like okay well I have been there for an hour but like have I really done you know enough or whatever and then I completely switched to GS method I literally haven't done anything else since uh, which is all obviously low impact um, Pilates based and it's so refreshing I'm like I will happily say I'm not you know I don't lift weights I'm not a hit workout girl I don't want to go running and finally I'm like okay with that whereas before I would have been like I really should be running or I really should be like trying to do some hit workouts in the week yeah exactly social media (laughs) yeah I feel like a lot of it just comes down to being honest with yourself and just letting go of those expectations and that like Mm -hmm. attachment that you have to that expectation because you think it's going to bring you whatever it is um and yeah I just think it does come down to just a bunch of self-reflection, which like for some people is so incredibly hard um, because we're not, I don't know. I was always like a very self-reflective person. I was also in therapy at a very young age. So I felt like I've always like known how to Mm self-reflect, but I know for a lot of people, that's like a very awkward thing to do. So like what, what, for people who are listening, who would be like, oh my God, yeah, all of this sounds great. But like, 
what does it mean looking within or like what does it mean to do all that stuff like are there any tips yeah. for people who are new to this style of thinking and also just off the back of that we've talked a lot about what we can add into our life to try and maybe enhance it what about maybe some things that people are doing that aren't serving them just to tie in with what Barry's just asked yeah amazing I love that okay so so far I'll start in terms of like what you can do less of I guess mm. um I think a massive thing is consumption of social media and news I think we are all so quick to pick up our phone and I even find it like if my phone isn't in the same room as me or yeah (laughs) the amount of times I go and pick it up just to Um, scroll on Instagram or there's a news article that pops up and so quickly you're not within your own head anymore you're mm. you're living your life on someone else's terms what someone else is thinking how they're feeling what they're looking like how they're spending their day you're no longer in your own in your own mind anymore so I think really like limiting news and social media is one of the biggest changes that I've made especially for me because it was a comparison thing can I um, ask your um, so- screen time I'm asking everyone this like I, I like I knew that was I need to know um, what I, my screen time is out of control. What, (laughs) like, oh, and the other thing is like, my boyfriend has an Apple watch and when he can't find his phone, we'll use his Apple watch to ding his phone because he can't find it. And it's like, normally it's just underneath him on the sofa, but it's like, you panic because you don't have your phone with you because we're so ingrained to like live with our phones. We'll let it be on the couch. It's like, where's my phone? Ding. Oh, it's right here. (laughs) Anyways, but like, what's your screen time? And like, do you have any recommendations for what my screen time should be? Oh my gosh, I don't have a clue. How do I know what my screen time is? It will say on um, your settings, but whilst you're checking, I'll I'll admit mine to maybe help other people feel less bad about it. But mine, I get an average every week on the weekend. And it was like six and a half hours. It'd gone up by like 20% or something. And I was like, that is so not okay. And I know that a lot of my job involves social media. But I said to Barry, I was like, I want to make sure that when I'm on social media, it's because I'm working and I have to be. I don't want to just be like, oh, like, just had a snack. Let me check my phone and just scroll through Instagram. And those 20 minute scrolls literally add up to the hours in the day. So my goal at the moment is to get it down to four hours, which for some people might sound like a lot in a day. But like I said, my job, is, yeah, yeah. it does entail me. In, that involve does not me sound like a lot at all. Okay, good. <laughs> well, this is what mine says. So I don't think I have it on. Oh, oh I, I, I didn't, I you, I didn't even know you have that. Okay, maybe, maybe turn that maybe, on, please, and get back to us in a week. Daily time. average, zero minutes. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry if I if this is gonna give you a complex because it's really given me a complex um, about screen time. I as well, like we all do social media. Like my job is, you know, my nine to five is like marketing media. So like I use my phone so much, but like Sophie said, it's it's like. Do you take the phone and take, like, I take it everywhere. It comes to the bathroom with me. It comes to the coffee machine. It comes, like, everywhere my phone comes you with me. your flat is, like, not a mansion, yeah. You can leave it on the sofa. It's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. we're so attached. I'm so glad you brought that up. And one of the things that we can do less of, because that's something that I'm personally struggling with. Yeah, and it's funny because we had work phones. They took them away about 
just over a year ago because for cost cutting um but i remember when they said they were taking them away we all threw our arms in the air and were like oh my gosh this is ridiculous how are we not getting work phones anymore but i genuinely think for people's mental health it was the best decision they could have made because i was using my work phone as my personal phone as well so i'd wake up in the morning and it would come up with notifications about emails that i'd received overnight and because it was a global company we i was getting emails all through the night the first thing i would see was my calendar which had all of my work meetings for the day I take it like when I went to the bathroom when I was at work and I'd be replying to emails while I was sitting on the toilet like there was literally no escaping I'd be on the tube and I'd be replying to emails it was so difficult to like disconnect from it when it's constantly in your hand like most of the time I don't even realize it like I can be sitting in a meeting and scrolling on my phone at the same time like it, it's just suddenly it's just there constantly yeah. isn't it so I think the main things that I've done is um having to leave it in another room so I don't have a charger in this room the charger's in my bedroom so and I normally kind of watch a workout on it in the morning and the battery just drains really quickly so I normally need to charge it at like 11 a.m ish um because I'll go for a walk and listen to a podcast so I will charge it for a few hours and I'll leave it in my room while I charge it you then also got the fact that you can get whatsapp on your laptop so even if yeah. my phone was in the other room, WhatsApp would bing up on my laptop. So I've turned those notifications off. So I actively have to go into WhatsApp. The same on my work laptop as well with we use Microsoft Teams. I turned off the notifications. I also turned off notifications for my emails. So I can't see when they come in. I actively have to go in to see if there's anything there. Um, and I, um, well, obviously not most, most people probably aren't in this position. Matt obviously lives downstairs. So whenever I go and see him in the evenings, I try and either leave my phone up here or he's got an upstairs and downstairs. I'll leave my phone downstairs and his if we've gone upstairs or I'll leave it on the side, which isn't anywhere near the sofa, because I know if it's there, I think we all pick it up without even realizing. Yeah, you just it do. It it's up. just so habitual. Completely have it out of, out of sight or turning it on flight mode, which I do an awful lot. And I think a lot of it is like shifting your mindset around that urgency of having to reply to a message. Like I feel like we live in a day and age where if you someone within half an hour, they almost panic and send you a follow-up message to be like, just checking you're okay because I haven't heard back from you. And that's almost just become the norm to answer every phone call as soon as it comes comes in, mm. answer every text message as soon as it comes in, reply to every Instagram DM as soon as it comes in. But actually, like, start small. Just start by thinking, right, I'm not going to reply to them straight away. I'm going to reply to them this evening. So you might, say, put a post up in the morning on an Instagram example or voice note someone in the morning. They might reply straight away. But actually, starting small by just saying, like, right, I don't need to reply to them right now. Like, that's nothing urgent that I need to reply to. Like, I'm going to spend half an hour this evening on my phone replying to those messages, getting back to people. And I always try and you'll probably notice from like when I voice note you, it's always when I'm out on my walks. Yeah. And I try when I'm at home not to be on my phone. And when I'm out on my walks is when I voice note people or I have a little scroll through Instagram. Whereas some people are different, right? They like to go out for walks without their phone. Yeah. And like to when that's actually another thing you could do leave your phone at home when you go out for a walk and start small it is it's an addiction as silly as that sounds no I agree an addiction so you have to start small like you can't say I'm just going to turn my phone off and not look at it for a week yeah just start by implementing small things like leave it in the other room when you go to bed even even if it's just for like an hour to start with exactly and soon you'll get out of that habit I think there is just this constant urgency to reply to everything instantly mm. when nothing's instant and also it's boundaries with other people like I always think with my clients 
sometimes I do reply to them quickly, but I never promise that I'm going to reply to them within the hour. Mm. I say I'll reply to things within 24 hours. That's what I do with my clients. Yeah, Yeah. they they don't need that response urgently. The The majority of the time, our friends and family don't need that response urgently as well. But we've just become so conditioned to thinking we need to reply to everything straight away like mm-hmm. I always say this to Matt he's constantly I bet he'll be listening to this he's always <laughs> got his phone next to him no matter what time that phone goes off he'll respond to it like he's got it on his watch as well and he'll be like the second a message comes in he'll check what the message is yeah it, it's an obsession. so if I can't get hold of you I'll text Matt <laughs> yeah oh, absolutely he'll get back to you straight away <laughs> But it's actually like breaking up with your phone. Um, it's a it's a big thing and it's difficult and it's a control thing as well of being like, oh my god, like what if something happens? But like, there there is there ever a what if? Mm. Very very rarely. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's one of the reasons I refuse to get an Apple Watch um, because yeah, I just don't want like one other form yeah. of like feeling on. Yeah. yeah. Is there um, is there anything else you'd recommend doing less of? um less of maybe over consuming I think that's one of the the things that actually really stopped me progressing and going after the things I wanted to in life and it all comes back to the comparison thing and and feeling overwhelmed like there is so much information in the world through the internet through social media through constantly being able to connect with people through books through podcasts there's only so much that you can absorb and actually take on. And I know like one mistake, well, I wouldn't call it a mistake because I definitely learned from it. One thing that really held me back was trying to listen to every single podcast, trying to read every single book, Mm -hmm. trying to speak to every single person, trying to try every single workout. And actually less is more a lot of the time. So actually just focus on a few things. Like what is your one or two priorities right now? And focus on those. Don't worry about everything else that exists. Like that stuff will still exist. Like there is no need to be consuming everything right now so like Barry when you said like get kind of reflecting inwards and thinking about you I think one of the the best things to do there is like journaling like what what are your priorities it doesn't have to be journaling just think about like if you have to list your top three priorities in life right now what are they and what is one way that you can start incorporating each of those things into yeah. your day every day without having to do absolutely everything because nobody can absorb that much information nobody can do that much stuff and it actually works the opposite way that it stops you from doing anything yeah it kind of confuses you more right absolutely (laughs) I read something the other day that said you cut you can do anything but you can't do everything yeah I love that I think that's good I love that too and there's also that meme where it's like well, I'm supposed to, you know, get up and meditate and journal and exercise oh, God, and yeah. um, oh. have this like tea and then do this and eat this. And like, how am I all supposed to have a social life? And do and it literally, I forget, it, it was a lot funnier than the way I just, but um, <laughs> we it, got the message. Yeah, exactly. It still hit home. But it's that thing of like feeling like you need to do everything and you don't, you just need to do some things that work for you and that enhance your life and just being able to pick and choose like, you know, we've spoken a lot about like meditation on this podcast. And I know, Sophie, that's something that you've struggled with, or you just not yeah. been able to like, it's just not for me. It's just not for you. It's not for me and, either. 
And I think that's great. And I think there's probably other ways that you are like being meditative. I was going to say, my meditation is going out for a walk on my own with Bear. That's the point I was exactly trying to make that like you don't always need to carve out the time, use the app. Like you, you can get the benefits from other things and other ways that you don't feel like it shouldn't be adding to your to-do list. If it's stressing you out and adding your to your to-do list, then it's probably not beneficial. Yeah, exactly. And I think so much of the time we go, okay, right, I need to make a list of all the things that are going to like help de-stress me. And then by having them all there, you add so much to your list and stress you out more than if you weren't, didn't have any of them in the first place. And I know, Sophie, we said, again, on the live last week, we were talking about, like, having that, like, happy toolkit. Mm. Um, you have to do all of those things. Or, like, your morning routine. Like, your morning routine doesn't have to include all 15 things. You can have those things. Choose two a day. I was going to say, your morning routine could literally be, like, get up, have a shower, and have your breakfast. That could be your morning routine. Exactly, exactly. But then, and I feel like we've... <laughs> almost been got come into this society where we're like we have to have this incredible morning routine where we're doing journaling <laughs> like in the morning yeah we've meditated we're doing our, doing our gratitudes and we're drinking fresh juice from the forest it comes back to the comparison thing because I think the reason that we all do that is because we've heard or read somewhere this super successful person swears mm. that the the key to their yeah, success exactly. is that they read one book every day that they you know they drink this juice they you know their morning routine is they wake up at five and then they do xyz and it's like recognizing that like cool that works for them and i'd be miserable doing that the key to their success but it not necessarily will be the key to yours exactly so many people say to me like i i am a morning person if i need to get stuff done i'll do it in the morning but then i pretty much switch off after about five o'clock whereas some people are the complete opposite like even when i was at uni i would always get up early and like do all my studying in the morning whereas lots of the others would do their studying until like 10 11 o'clock at night when i was moving away deep in sleep yeah especially with like like books that talk about being productive in the morning and getting up early that's what successful people do the amount of times people say to me like I just need to set my alarm earlier and get up and do it earlier because I keep on working until late into the evening I'm like if it works for you to work until late evening and that's when you've got more energy and that's where you feel more inspired and that's where your mind's clearer then what is the need for you yeah why change it doing that yeah and start waking up and doing it then Matt Walker I could be wrong I could be confusing my books but I feel like Matt Walker talks about this in his book why we sleep about people who um are more productive later in the evening Mm -hmm. and how society is actually geared towards early risers for success and how it's almost like um positioned in a way that people who do like to pull the all-nighters and do have that like evening motivation um how how like it's almost like society works against them and that um it comes back to kind of like those hunter-gatherer times where like people took shifts to like guard your tribe essentially and some people are meant like it's just a natural thing that some people are programmed to you know be more productive and on it later and some people earlier and then we're all trying to conform to one thing it just doesn't work and actually just allowing people like flexible hours for working and flexible hours for school and stuff like that I think he makes a really interesting argument in his book about you know time differences in sleep but I think it relates back to what we're saying about like finding the routine that works for you yeah I think it's it's like the same with exercise like I feel like there is so much that we see around oh exercising to start your day it's a really great way to like get the blood flowing and get your adrenaline going and wake you up but for some people exercising in the morning just doesn't work for them they'll be stood there 
like a zombie just wish, like wanting it to be over <laughs> yeah whereas for other people like exercising in the evening works better so it's all about yeah working with yourself and and experimenting like you don't need to know what works for yourself it's you don't have things. to like you said before you don't have to do the same thing every day because like literally I got up this morning and I was like I am so in the mood to start my day with a workout Whereas like yesterday I did my workout at 1.30 in the afternoon and I was like, I have so much energy right now. Like I'm going to do a workout. And I just, like you said, it's actually learning to just listen to what your body might benefit from at that time. Cause otherwise it's counterproductive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Okay. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much. I could literally chat to you for the rest of the day. Oh, <laughs> Same. <laughs> and like, as a, like, I, I mean, I feel like people tell you this all the time, but, like, I genuinely do feel more positive, like, after I talk to you. Like, I just feel, like, energized. And I think, like, the this new kind of career for you couldn't be more perfect. 100%. And, you know, I guess that's, like, the goal for everyone wants to hear that. Like, oh, this is the perfect job for you. And then you know that, like, it matches, like, your personal inner motivations and external. I feel like um you've nailed that. And it's great that you're help- helping other people get to that point as well. Oh, thank you. And yeah, same to both of you. I always feel more positive after I've spoken to you. (laughs) We love you. And for anyone who isn't following you at the moment and should be, where can they find you? (laughs) Oh, um, my Instagram is Katie Sarah Forbes. um, And my email is well not that people are going to email me oh my god website website now oh my gosh (laughs) you want to email me should I give you my number as well I'm dying (laughs) that was so funny (laughs) my website is Katie Sarah Forbes as well (laughs) but I mean I've got sorry just one more quick thing I so remember it probably about a year ago now when you changed your Instagram name and you were like this and you sent me Katie Sarah Forbes you were like do you think this is too long for an Instagram and you were like this is my name by the way I was like yeah I got that Katie Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, but we love you so much and thank you oh, so much for coming too. on. I'm sure everyone's gonna love this episode and we will link Katie in the show notes as well. Oh it was so lovely speaking to you both. Have a lovely rest of the day. You too. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. And share with your friends if you love this episode. It really does help us get seen in the chart. You can now also order our Forking Wellness book anywhere books are sold. Order it on Amazon Prime for next day delivery. And Barnes & Noble in America. And if you love the book, we would so appreciate a review on Amazon. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and we really hope you enjoy it. We'll speak to you guys next week. Bye.